This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with University of Utah football star Maki Bernard. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, University of Utah football star Maki Bernard, three-star high school recruit in track, basketball, and football, all-CIF Southern California, junior all-state and two-time all-area offensive player of the year, setting a Southern California high school record with a 224-yard rushing three-touchdown performance as a running back in high school, shares his life and journey to play at the University of Utah, specializing in running and catching the ball, making him the best third down back in the Pac-12, giving us an inside glimpse into what it takes physically as an undersized running back to log two career 100-yard rushing games and a career-high 146 rushing yards and one touchdown on 12 carries against BYU recording a career-long 50-yard rush in the game as well, which ranks him fourth all-time at Utah in a single game. If you feel undersized, you definitely don't want to miss this episode. This episode is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most amazing national companies on the planet, with a special focus on our Utah market. The coolest thing about Makai's reputation is he's a team guy. As I've asked around, when Makai does something phenomenal on offense, most of the time the offensive players stay on that side of the sideline if you see them segregated. But when Makai does anything special, he not only transposes that energy and that excitement and that pride that he just did something extraordinary, but he shares it with his teammates go over, pat some lineman on the shoulder pad. and My seats are so close, I watch him. And the cool thing is the defense goes crazy too. And this is the funniest thing, Makai. you got to know this. I've had so many of the defensive players tell me they love it when you're on the field because then they know they get a break. (laughs) They're over there like, pass it. I mean, hand it off to Makai. Hand it off to Makai because I'm tired, man. We need three more plays on the sideline. (laughs) So you're one of the best secret weapons that the defense has to recuperate when there's been a long series, man. you got to know that. They just love you. Keep it going, baby. Keep it going. So, Makai... Give us your stats, your number two, and take us all the way back to Gar High School in Cerritos, California, which is Southern Cal, and take us through your high school career and how how big you were as a sophomore, as a junior, as a senior. Just because I know exactly how 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 big I was in each of those years and how much I weighed, and I suspect that you would do as well. Uh, so <clears throat> taking it back to, let's go back to freshman year, freshman year, Started in 2016, 2015, I believe. And um, I came in freshman high school football. I was weighing about 160. Uh, I knew I wanted to play running back. How tall? Uh, about 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, five, and 160. And 160. I knew I wanted to play running back, so that's what they had me at. But we also didn't have a deep enough team 
were just to play one side, so I had to play middle linebacker. So I was playing middle linebacker, and I was I was hitting people, filling the holes and everything, doing my thing. So you know that, that I did play middle linebacker, you guys, and it wasn't wasn't DB at that time. <laughs> but uh, you know we didn't have a great season, but uh, I got to suit up on varsity for the last game, and that was a good experience. I actually got uh, playing time in that game. I was a kickoff returner, got a couple reps at running back. We also got blown out in la- that last game too. So, you know, we didn't end the season freshman freshman year too well. But sophomore year is where I finally got the burn. And, you know, it wasn't really at running back because we had a couple good guys, so they had me at the slot receiver. I was about 5'9 now, about 170, 180. And um, great, great year. But I think we went to the first round of playoffs and lost. Mm-hmm. And – at that point, all the seniors are gone, and those were the guys for the varsity team. All the seniors are gone, and, you know, it's time to build a new team. And that's where junior came around. And I was bigger, about 185, 190, and, you know, about six foot. And that's when my career took off at that moment. Um, we got a quarterback that year. He was he was decent, but we weren't really a passing team, so we had to figure something out, so we went in Wildcat. So I was playing quarterback just all season long. And at that point, it was crazy. I, I remember my stats being, you know, averaging 10 yards a carry, going for 200 yards each game, uh, averaging three touchdowns or more. And, you know, stats were amazing. And that's where all, you know, the colleges start coming in. And I ended that year with uh, about, I think it was 27 touchdowns and over 2,500 yards. Wow. And then I had, I think, 500 yards receiving. Also, so 3,000, you know, all-purpose yards. So th- that that cemented, you know, my name into the college programs. And Absolutely. I think that year actually helped me. And uh, thankful, thankful for that year because my senior year did not go that well. I know, I can relate to that. So, <laughs> so let's, just, let's just jump in there then. So <clears throat> uh, a gentleman I got to know helped him write a speech was Roger Craig. You ought to look him up. Undersized running back, similar to you, who played at Nebraska. He only played one year of high school football, and then he went to Nebraska, and he was drafted by the 49ers. And when he was brought into the 49ers, Coach Walsh, he designed the entire West Coast offense around him because he was a hard-running, high-knee running back who could catch so let's just talk about your skill set, my friend, because you know you're catching some balls out of the uh, out of the backfield, which now makes sense. So the year you were a slot receiver really paid off as far as your preparation to become that all-purpose uh, in- individual. But what's really cool about you is you're not this giant north and south running back that you would think is a stereotypical you know moose coming through the a gap. Right. But man, you pick up yardage you put your head down and you know you really run hard so maybe that correct me if i'm wrong but add you know add to the conversation just maybe listening to you is because of your middle linebacker experience you know what it's like that you got to step up and fill that hole as a linebacker and now as a running back you know you better get there before the linebacker does so you don't waste any time you just jam it right up and as an undersized back that's extraordinary i don't see another I don't see another speedster like you doing that 
being asked to do what you do as a north and south running back. So does that talk to us about, I don't even know what question to ask. I just want you to comment on your mindset. How do you get ready for that? And how do you know you're just as powerful going north or south as you are east and west with your speed? You know, just got to believe in myself. You know, a lot of people like to tell me, you know, you're not big enough. You need to play uh, to your strengths and this and that. I, I can do that. I can play to my strengths and, you know, be great at that. But I also want to add another level to my game. And that's being able to go down the holes and, you know, run somebody over or, you know, make a miss or do something. So, you know, it's just a mindset and, you know, my mindset is I don't want to be touched, but if I got to be touched, I'm going to make sure you feel me before I feel you. I love so, it. Yeah. So you're a blocking back as well. You kind of have – you bring the whole the whole package to every play. So talk to us about the mindset of um, recovering from a phenomenal junior year, knowing you're going to get scholarship offers, and then not having your senior year go so as, so well. Give us the details of that and what did you do about it? It was uh, very frustrating because, like I said, um, you know, I was getting ball like 30, 40 carries a game my junior year, and that went down to about 10 carries. Why? Um, got a quarterback. So we decided let's become a passing team. And, you know, not to knock my guy, my guy Jordan, he's a great quarterback. He's uh, he's playing for Cerritos College right now. So um, he's a great quarterback, but at, at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's hard to go from going 30 carries a game to 10 carries a game and not seeing the same outcome as winning games and making the playoffs because we missed the playoffs my senior year. So that was I was frustrated with that. And uh, so, you know, it was just like, you know, I know, I know where my uh, – my destiny is I know where, that I'm going to college. I know what I'm going to do. So I can't be down on this. It's just we're just going to keep fighting. You know, I'm always fight regardless of what the situation is. We're losing, we're winning, I'm still going to fight. So, you know, the, the season wasn't going as well as we planned. But we, we were just fighting. We loved to play football. The whole team did. So we just playing to play at that point. And, uh, you know, we created some lifelong friendships and bonds throughout that. So you also, be, being a speedster, what what is your forty time? What's your what's your hundred meters, hundred dash? As I would say in my age group, but hundred <laughs> meter forty. Uh, my forty is about a four four one right now, and then last time I ran the hundred was actually my freshman year of high school. I didn't really run track in high school, uh, but I ran freshman year hundred meters. I think it was ten, ten nine, That's or really ten eight good. or something like that. That's really good. Yeah, I wish I would have continued track because. Who knows, maybe a 10-5 guy. Yeah. But, you know, that was freshman year, 10-9. So when a recruiter came to you, did they ever put an emphasis on you being maybe a kick returner, maybe a punt returner, stereotyping your body type? Or did they basically say, no, we want you to be you, who you are, a, a, a multifaceted, talented running back? Yeah, they didn't really stereotype me at all for size or anything. They just – wanted me for me and what I've done throughout the season and what the, the film I put on and the film they watched, they just wanted that same guy. Very cool. So what made you decide? Did you have multiple uh, uh, recruiters in your home? Did you have multiple scholarship opportunities coming out of Cerritos? Or? Yeah, I did. I, I think I had a total of like 23, 25 total scholarships uh, offers, uh, some from the Mountain West, some from uh, or most from uh, the Pac-12. And I had a 
good top six that I was deciding on going to, and it ultimately just dropped down to one, which is Utah. And so that's where I decided to come. So what makes Utah such a great place to play football? I think the fan base. Fan base, they, they are crazy. They were wild, and I appreciate them because they travel with us. And, oh, you know, yeah. a lot of teams don't get a lot of people that travel with them. But our team, our fan base, they travel, and they make away games feel more like home games. And so, you know, it's always it always feels good to look in the stands and just see red and know that, you know, they're behind us. Uh, so, yeah. So talk to us about your influence growing up. What was what was your family like? Do you have brothers and sisters that were as, as extraordinary athletes as well or what? Uh, no, not really. Uh, my sisters, they cheer, uh, they're cheerleaders. So they always, they weren't really athletes, you know, uh, but they did a lot. It was in Pop Warner, so they were cheerleaders uh, for the older teams as I was the youngest one. And uh, I was pretty much the only athlete in my family other than my cousin. My cousin played football. He wrestled and did some other stuff. But, you know, he didn't really go nowhere with it. Uh, so pretty much out of my family, I'm the only one that got to the next level with, you know, my athletic ability. My sisters went to college for academics and stuff like that. But me, more ath ath athletics. Very cool. So the challenge is when – when a four-star, five-star athlete cruises onto a campus with that attitude, don't you know who I am? Haven't you read my newspaper clippings? You know, get out of the way. And I watched them. Remember, I played football, baseball, participated in so many athletic programs around the country. What, what motivated you to take yourself to the next level? Because so many of these so-called superstars just think that they can ride in on their natural ability coattails and that's why so many of them don't make it at the collegiate level they're kind of like don't you remember who I was don't you know who you're dealing with here and they plateaued off at high school even though they got scholarship offers because of their stats and then you come to the U and you're getting better every single year what's your mindset and and, and how can you teach others to just accept what your work ethic is like to take themselves to the next level um, I think coming to college humbled myself a little bit because, you know, everybody's the best in high school. That's why you're getting recruited. That's why you're going to college. You're the best. You have to understand that. But when you get to college, everybody is good. And I think that's where, you know, you get humbled a little bit. And coming out of high school, I was a three-star athlete, and I knew that. Uh, I knew I was going to college with a lot of great guys, a lot of great athletes. And when I first arrived on campus, just seeing – the worth ethic of everybody else and how good they were, I had to evolve my game because high school is a different game. It's not it's not even close to college. And you just have to you have to be able to see that. You have to be willing to open your eyes and actually look and see that. Because if you're just be like, Oh yeah, I'm a five star, I'm better than everybody, they rank me number one in the world, this and that, then you know, you think you college is gonna be a cakewalk and you can do whatever you want. But if you come in with the open mind and understand that now everybody's on your same level, then that can help you want to get better and eventually get better. That's such a good answer. So the reputation at Utah is that they will play the best players, you know, even the walk-ons. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think Hubert, I think RJ was a walk-on. So if you work – 
prove yourself, you're going to get your playing time. They're going to play the very best players, regardless if they gave you a scholarship or recruited you or not. This podcast episode is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most iconic brands in the real estate world. We thank you so much for your Utah athletic support. So when you're a running back, how many total running backs are at the University of Utah on the roster? Right now? Yeah. Um, we have five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think we have nine right now. Okay. And you've started so many games. You're an action player. You know, I think the teams that win – the NBA championship always have the best sixth man, the guy that can come in, could start on every other team in the league. But the coach knows that if we just need an in, 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 an infusion of energy, a change of cadence, you know, a, yeah. a cadence of the if the defense is, is kind of used to this, used to this, and all of a sudden they put in a speedster or they put in a bulldozer. So you're you're one of the, the perfect role players on the team. You start you come in in key situations. You go out for a pass. I mean, I love. I've watched you catch some key passes. You know, I mean, you had a great couple games lately, especially in freaking bad weather. But how do you prepare yourself in a mindset way when you're used to taking thirty or forty snaps in junior and high school, and then you come to university and you actually have to be in the mindset of more of a role player. You're more of a team guy, and when you get that chance, you explode. You go through that line. You pick up your yardage. You catch the pass. Then you come off while another player takes in a new play. How do you adapt to being that guy to one of the guys that is more of a team team guy than an individual? Uh, I think I had to figure out what I was good at and what I can be better at than others that allows me to be on the field more. And, uh, you know, that's when I started, you know, you said pick up blitzes, being the third down back. That's when I started to realize, like, man, if I'm not really playing on first and second down, you know, there's a lot of third down opportunities that, you know, I can be a part of and I can be in the situation and be able to be on the field more. And so that's when I started to take blitz pickup very serious because in high school I didn't have to pick up many blitzes when I first got there got to Utah I didn't think I had to pick up blitzes and then I realized well this is actually a key component to football and that every team needs a third down guy a third down back who can read blitzes and pick them up and also be able to go out for a pass if they need to and actually be able to catch the ball if they need to absolutely and so when I realized that that that's what made me want to you know, just elevate my game in that regards. Maybe I'm not a first or second down back, which I know I think I am. You know, no, we all know yeah. you are. And you have been right. multiple, multiple times for several years. Right. But I had to realize that, you know, we also have great, better pieces that can do that better than me. And so I have to be able to do something better than them. And I realized it was being a third down back. And so that's what I hang my hat on now. And that's what we've just been doing. You're so good. So what's your work ethic? Teach, you know, I've always believed that if you can find out what a Makai Bernard thinks like and what you do, and if I can exactly start thinking like you think and start doing what you're doing, I could become a champion just like you. What I do think you do? For me, it was just learning the offense. Um, 
when I came here, it was kind of difficult to learn offense. Um, excuse me. But when I got here, um, I said, you know what? I have to learn the ins and outs of this offense and be able to just do it without even thinking. And, you know, when I first got here, it's just like I was a lot of thinking. When I lined up, I had to think. I had to think of this. I had to think of that. And now it's just second nature, which makes playing so much more easier. And I can just be me and do what I have to do. Just be the athlete right. instead of the mind guy. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, now that I, I think that was the biggest thing, just learn the playbook. Learn the playbook. And now I don't have to think. I can just play. It's like the, the, the new movie, the new Maverick movie, Top Gun Maverick, you know. It's not the plane, it's the pilot. Yeah, that's Don't a good, think, do. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Once you understand the plays, then it becomes second nature. You can just be athletic. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I like how you brought that in and thinking about it now because how many times did they go through, you know, the uh, plane rides where they had to figure out each and every move yep. before they can just do it? Yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that one. So let's bring it into your favorite hobby, golf. So I've taken golf lessons, and every single time I take a golf lesson and go play, I'm worse because I'm all mechanical. I'm trying to think it through. No, do this, do put, ba ba bo ha ba. But when you can finally just say, I'm an athlete, let me just step up, tee it up, and just you know grip it and rip it. So teach us about your love of golf. Obviously, that takes eye-hand coordination, balance, swing speed, all these wonderful athletic moves Muscle, con- mus- muscle control, eye-hand coordination, like I said. And do you think that transposes into you being a better back? Eye-hand coordination, eliminating the distractions. You're, you know you're coming over the middle, and you know there's going to be a, a safety huffing and puffing. So draw that analogy. I'm always fascinated by the, the hobbies and the other sports that athletes are drawn to. Why, did you, why, why do you love golf so much? I think it's because it's a different game every single time. You can never hit the ball in the same spot at all. And it's just, it's so frustrating. But then at the same time, it's amazing when you do something so good. It's like, I did it. It's that I did it moment. And it just, you just need one of those shots every time you go back onto the course. You get one of those shots that keep you bringing back. So like I've, my first birdie, it was, it was amazing. And then it brought me back. And I didn't do this on my own, but we was doing team scramble. But I hold the eagle putt. And, you know, that that made me want to come back even more. Like, now <laughs> I got to do this myself without the team scramble. So, you know, every game is different in golf. And just being able to uh, learn things on my own and fix it on my own and, you know, it just releases stress. It gets you your mind away from everything because now you're focused on this one thing. I don't know, it's just very relaxing. And I, I found that, like, out, like, five months ago. <laughs> so it's similar to football, though. So what happens when you blow a play? What happens when you might fumble? What happens when you miss the hole, miss the block, miss the golf shot, shoot it in the water? You're leading the tournament by three. You got some money on the you know, on the game. And all of a sudden, you get a double bogey. That's why I dropped, drew the analogy, because I think it's so similar to football. When you make a mistake, you have got to get rid of that bad memory. Oh, I should have done. Oh, what a drag. And like I like to remind everybody, it's a 40-second shot clock, right? The average football play takes five seconds. Yep, four to six which seconds. Means, which means you got 
25 to 30 seconds to think about the next play. Not just to get the play, but to get your mind right. Oh, man. So how teach us about resiliency. Teach us about how do you let go of, of a, a, a negative experience and immediately get that out of your mind. Learn the lesson to say it's a brand new play. And if you don't, you're going to be off the side. I got to fire up now. I got to fire up now. So depending on the situation for me, say, um, let's just go back to USC when I fumbled. See, they recovered the fumble, so I got to go to the sideline. And for me, I have to let out my aggression, my anger, for about maybe 10, 20 seconds, and then it's on to the next. Like, I, got, I just got to get it out. I how have do, you, to get how it do you out. get it out? What do you do? I just scream. Scream, uh-huh. I think about it, probably hit my helmet on my hand or something, do something just to get it out. But I know there's going to be another play. You got it. So I just want to erase that. But I want to get it out. I don't just don't want to just sit there and have that pent-up aggression and anger. So I get it out, and then I know there's going to be a next play. So now I just let it fade because I know who I am. Yeah, I know it. I'm not going to fumble every time I touch the ball. There's That's an anomaly. A fumble is an anomaly. And so I just think about a next play. And then I learned this in – Basketball from my head coach in basketball in high school. We had shirts and everything, next play. It doesn't matter about the last play. Think about the next play. We have a new play that we have to get done, and that's the only one that matters. And we say that every every uh, every week now here at Utah, next play. Yeah. This play, then the next, then this drive, the next drive, this quarter, then the next quarter, this half, then the next half. It's all about the present. So, you know, I just – I like to get my aggression out for like 10 to 15 seconds and then it's on to the next. And then if I'm in the game and something like that happens, I'm not even thinking about it because it just has to get away because the next play is right there. I love it. It's right there already. And now I'm already focused on the next play. Which we need to remind every football fan, not every play is designed to score a touchdown. Right. Nothing more insignificant than the halftime score. Momentum is only as good as your next play. Okay, so now what? Now what? Okay, so uh, I have a unique, maybe I hope it's not unique, but a unique take on a running back who fumbles. Those are the guys that you want on your team because usually 999 times out of 1,000, reason why you fumble is because you're working for extra yardage you refuse to go down you're fighting for every last inch not just a yard and somebody just starts ripping your arm and you know hitting your elbow or somebody comes in and punches it out so in my mind and everyone who I think is an expert fan of football knows that when a running back fumbles we should actually cheer him regardless of what it did for the moment of the game, because it shows that he has more heart than the dude who just runs holding it like a bread basket who can't maneuver okay. left or right. Okay, baby? Come on. I'm not blowing smoke. We would smoke. have to call a timeout on that one. Come on, Okay. Baby. Now, hear, hear me out, though. Hear me out. Hear me out. See, it's hard to cheer that on here at Utah because we emphasize the ball so much. Oh, Every wow. single day we emphasize ball security. Every single day, lock, low, finish. That's the first thing that comes out Coach Love's mouth. Ball security. You fighting for extra yards, it's always ball security. So it's, it's in some situations, <laughs> if, if teams aren't doing that, maybe. But when you come to the University of Utah, that is the number one thing. 
So, you know, you other schools, yeah, cheer him on because he's fighting for extra yards. Here, okay, we want you to fight for extra yards, but the first thing that should be on your mind, because we drill it every single day at practice, every single week, every month, 12 months a year, <laughs> ball security. It's I hard to man. it's hard to say, I was fighting for extra yards, coach, because – Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I understand no, your. I, I understand it. I, guess, you. I love your heart. I guess that's <laughs> what I should have said. Not got into so much detail. Love you. Just keep churning your feet. Okay. So as we wind down, <clears throat> what do you do to get ready on game day? What's your routine? Um, I like to start. I like to sleep in first of all. But then uh, I've been lately. I've been getting to just waking up and getting Starbucks coffee. Uh, so I get that, and then. Um, you know, we'd have our team walk and we do all that. And then I go to my room and I like to just chill, either fall asleep, take a nap, or I'll turn on a couple games. But as soon as that's done, once we're on our way to the stadium, I do, once I get in the locker room, I go get an IV. I'm a big cramper, so I have to get an IV and, you know, get the liquids in me and stuff like that. And that's pretty much been my routine. I had to change my routine because I get an IV now. But I've learned that it's actually been helping me actually think about, you know, the game more and what I need to accomplish throughout the game. So while I'm sitting there, I just think about making plays, visualizing plays, playing hard. That's what I'm thinking about for 10, 15 minutes while I can't do anything because I have an IV in my arm. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much the whole, the whole setup. Any music you specifically – Listen to every athlete. I've asked them that because the analogy is the Michael Phelps Olympics <laughs> swimmer, and he was famous for just before he even jumped in the, in the in the water to break a new world record. He was listening to rap. He was listening to some heavy metal. What do you do? I listen to rap. Um, you know, whatever new that just came out, I'll listen to. So, like right now, if you ask me, I'm listening to Drake, Twenty One Savage, or Lil Baby. Those are that's the music I'm listening to. And then also, I want to add in for like pregame, what I like my thing is I get loose. So as soon as I go out, I'm dancing, I'm jumping around, I'm, you know, just feeling myself. So there, I have a lot of videos that people take of me and they send them to me uh, throughout uh, Instagram and stuff like that of me just dancing around. Like I like to get loose. I love the music they play. If it's rap, I'm loving it. I'm singing it. I'm dancing to it. And even some of the old stuff, like I forgot uh, what song was playing throughout the game. Uh, but I was just into it. I think it was like throw my hands up. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, I was. Yeah. They was playing that song, and I was throwing my hands up. Yeah, I was just feeling it. So I like to be loose. I like to be loose because being stiff doesn't get you anywhere, especially when it's cold outside. Yeah, and like we know, when you're prepared, you you shall not fear. Right. I love quotes. Under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion; you fall to your level of training. That's why we train and practice so hard. So back to what we were talking about. You are so dialed in. You know the playbook. You know your capacity. You know you can catch. You know you can run. You know you can block. You know you can go up the A-gap, third down, or first down, second down. You know it. So now you're saying, let me just get in tune with myself, get in tune with the atmosphere, loosen up. This podcast episode is brought to you by the incredible Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most recognizable and iconic brands in our country, in our state, and we thank you so much for supporting our student athletes at the University of Utah. Okay, so we wind down. Uh, 
from an NIL perspective, how can we get a hold of you? Do you have an Instagram account? Do you have Facebook? What, how do we how do we get people to follow you? That's my first question. Uh, yeah, I do have Instagram. I have Instagram, Twitter. Those are the two main uh, platforms I'm using. Um, how do we get a hold of you? What are they? My Instagram is uh, ctb.mb, and then my uh, Twitter is ctb underscore mb. And uh, basically, both of those mean is Chase the Bread, Makai Bernard, my initials. So CTB is like the brand I'm trying to, you know. I love it. My friend in high school came up with that. And, you know, I've just been carrying it out. We all carry it out even to this day. I love so, it, man. CTB. So, CTB. Chase the Bread. Okay, 30 seconds. What would you say as a commercial message to any young high school player to get them to come to the University of Utah. What has your experience been? Why should they come and be a Ute? Because we're so proud. You represent me, my friend. You represent every single fan. You're such a gentleman. You're so smart. You're so articulate. You're so passionate. I love watching you carry the ball. I love what, watching you when you're not carrying the ball. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm proud to interview you. I'm proud to call you friend. What would you say to another young man to get them to come and be a Ute? Uh, just like what we were saying earlier, um, you know, if you want to be developed and you want to get better, this is a perfect place to come. Uh, the, the coaches here, they actually take time and develop you and make you better. If, if you just think you're all that already and you don't need no training and stuff like that, I don't think this is the place to be because coaches here, they coach hard, but they make you better, and they love you while doing it. And coming out of high school, they said you were a three-star. They didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> But you, to, to that point, you've developed yourself into that four or five star elite athlete. And we congratulate you, my friend. You're so good. You really, really are. And what's so cool about you is your team mindset that whatever you need to do to step in when you're asked to do it, you need to do it. You do it to the highest level, at the highest level. I congratulate you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.